0: coffee oh thanks how did you sleep like a baby I don't want to get out of bed ever these sheets are mm, incredibly soft what did you say they're called again performance bedding by sheiks (laughs) performance bedding (laughs) yeah they're made from super high-tech performance fabric they're incredibly breathable so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on huh no wonder I slept so good since I started using sheiks I sleep like a baby No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. (laughs) Well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like mm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should, oh, I don't know. Try them out again. (laughs) (laughs) Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212 sleepcoolnow.com 1212 This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. And my name is John Ziegler. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week and the events of my often bizarre life and where we proceed into this new era of Trump sanity when America is sure to be made great again. And where we view this amazing development with optimism, hope, and skepticism as we enter this post-PC, post-truth, political, cultural, and media environment. My name is John Ziegler. And uh, glad to have you with us. Two more hours of the program where I want to provide some analysis of what happened this week as well in the next hour with a couple of updates on stories that are not involving Donald Trump. Yes, there are actually news stories that don't involve Donald Trump that we've talked quite a bit about on this program over the last couple of years. I want to update you on specifically the uh, Penn State case. And related to that, the Steubenville High School football case that I've discussed a couple of times, I recently went back to my old stomping grounds in Steubenville, Ohio, and I found some very relevant and interesting things that I think actually indirectly relate to why it was that Donald Trump ended up winning the presidency and the state of Ohio. But before we do any of that, I want to make something very clear because I know there was a lot of confusion and some of it was my fault about what my view On Donald Trump really was, and why it was that I appeared to be so against Donald Trump. And it's, well, I was, no question, against him becoming president. I think it was very misunderstood as to what my big picture thought process was here. As I was never in any way, shape, or form rooting for Hillary Clinton or trying to help her win, as if anything I say on this little radio show could possibly impact that. That was a ridiculous notion to begin with. It's just flat out ridiculous. But the reality was, I was trying to take the long view of this. There's the short-term view where a Trump presidency would be better than a Hillary presidency, because after all, he'll choose Antonin Scalia's successor. And there's a whole host of other things that will hopefully, we hope, we think will happen that would be good for the more conservative view than if Hillary Clinton had been president. And I'm I'm still very hopeful of that. I'm going to hold Donald Trump as much as I can. I'm going to hold his feet to the fire on many of those conservative promises that he made, especially the one about replacing Antonin Scalia on the Supreme Court with a conservative. To me that's by far the most important, but it's also the one where the Democrats have the most power. And where I have predicted in the past that there's a very good chance, knowing what we know about Donald Trump, that once he gets into a fight there, he's going to cave. Because that's his M.O. in negotiating. And if the Democrats are smart, they'll filibuster his first pick, if it's from that list of 20 or 21 conservatives, and force him into a second one. Where who the hell knows what's going to happen. And by the way, Part of the reason I don't trust Trump on that and never have is because he has no philosophical beliefs. He doesn't care whether or not a truly conservative constitutional judge takes over for Antonin Scalia. He doesn't himself believe in constitutional conservative principles. So if it's politically inconvenient for him to fight that fight, guess what he's going to do? He's going to cave. But I'm hopeful. I truly am. And frankly, we got no other choice at this point we're all kind of like Mike Pence. Mike Pence has put his entire career on what happens with Donald Trump. If Donald Trump is a disaster, Mike Mike Pence's career is over and he'll be forever a laughingstock for having been a conservative to to buy into and help facilitate a disaster. And he's going to have some but limited impact over what ends up transpiring. Well, in a way, we're all in that same deal. We've put all of our eggs into this basket. I happen—I happen to believe that we put all of our eggs into the basket of a of a drunk homeless guy. And somehow we got to hope that over four years or maybe eight years that that basket doesn't tip over and break all the eggs. It's going to take a lot of luck. But you know, hell, stranger things have happened. Trump seems to be an awfully lucky guy. With me, it just works. You know, it's magic. So let's let's hope that the magic doesn't run out when we need it most. And I truly sincerely hope he's a success because if he's not we're never going to see another republican president in my lifetime maybe in my daughter's lifetimes i mean that's probably extreme but the reality is for the foreseeable future it'll be bad politically and obviously if he's if he's a disaster that's bad for the country in the short run but in the long run i was very wary about this the analogy that i'll use which i should have used sooner which i think is a pretty good one for how i view What happened here in this election and and conservatives supporting Trump. Conservatives were, understandably, after eight years of Obama, very thirsty. We were thirsty for a victory. We were parched. And so when you're parched, any liquid looks good, right? I mean, if you're thirsty enough, you'll drink anything. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it's hot or cold. Doesn't matter just give me something liquid because I'm parched. I'm thirsty. And I get that. I understand it. I felt it the same way. So we were presented with this liquid, which to me looked like it was about as reliable as Mexican tap water. Well, what happens when you drink Mexican tap water? Well, you're playing Russian roulette. In the short run, your thirst is going to be quenched but there's a very good chance you're going to pay for that in a very big way. You don't know that for sure. You might get lucky, especially if magic's on your side, but there's a very good chance in the not too distant future, you're going to regret having decided to take a taste of that liquid. That's how I view the Trump presidency. It's kind of like This might be Mexican tap water. Now, how long will it take for us to get dysentery? I don't know. It might be 10, 20 years from now because we've given up a ton for this presidency. A ton. I mean, things that I guarantee most people have never even considered, we've now given up. Let me just give you a quick example. One of them is I don't know how in the world in the future we ever, ever disqualify a candidate for any major office on the basis of anything having to do with character or inconsistency or lying or hypocrisy because if it if once we stand with Trump all those things are now taken off the table forever forever so and that's that's a huge problem for us because let's face it in the past we've won most elections we have by effectively disqualifying the scuzzball candidates of the other side. Well, we can't do that anymore. So this better work. That's my main point. This sure as hell better work, and I hope it does. And I think in the short run, there's a very good chance that it will. As a matter of fact, this week, and you know, I'm obviously as ardent a Trump critic as any conservative in the country. There were two interviews that Donald Trump did that actually gave me reason for hope. And I want to talk about that when we come back right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. back. My name is John Ziegler. This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And while I've been a very harsh critic of Donald Trump, though I'm sincerely and fervently hopeful that I will be wrong about how his presidency goes, and I think there's a relatively good chance that this thing is going to start off at worst okay, and at best, maybe pretty darn good for a while. I, I And I absolutely believe that there's never been a presidency in my lifetime, at least, where the start is going to be more important than this one. Because if Trump gets off to a bad start and the narrative starts off bad, and he's already got one of the lowest approval ratings probably ever for a, a newly elected president at 42%, according to Gallup, this week, I mean, that's unheard of for a just newly elected president, uh, you know, it's just going to get worse because he'll downward spiral. He has no reservoir of goodwill or credibility or likability to which, from, from which to survive a bad start. And if conservatives start to get skeptical and he loses them, you know, look out. I don't, I don't anticipate that happening, but that is a possible scenario. I think the more likely scenario is he, he does get some things done that he's going to be at least able to claim victory on, although they're not going to be conservative. But it won't matter because he's very good at claiming victory, and he's got Drudge Report, Breitbart, Fox News Channel, carrying his propaganda water for him. So I think there's a reasonable chance – that for the first year or two, this is going to be perceived as, well, it's a hell of a lot better than what would happen with Hillary. And I hope that that's the case. I really hope that's the case, because at this point, we've got no other choice for the country and for what's left of conservatism. And part of what gives me hope is that there were two interviews released this week, one of which was done after the election and one was done before the election, where a very different Donald Trump emerged. The first was the 60 Minutes interview, which I had not seen during before last week's show because it aired here on the West Coast during the first hour of, of this program, so therefore I couldn't possibly watch it. So I got a chance to watch it after the show, and while there were a couple things that bothered me, like him twice trying to claim that he won the election fairly easily, <laughs> which is ridiculous. You know, it's just flat out ridiculous when you consider he lost the popular vote by at least a million and a half, maybe two million votes, which is an enormous number of votes and far fewer than that. I mean, if not that you could ever do this, but if if Hillary was able to just spread around even 10 percent, even less than that, of her popular vote margin of victory to several key states like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania or Florida she not only wins she wins pretty easily that's a, so the, you know the idea that trump won fairly easily is is absurd and it's typical of trump trying to brag about things for which he has no reason to brag uh, but he, and he did it again on twitter this week trying to claim that he would have won the popular vote if if those were the rules that's that's absurd i wrote a column about that which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com which goes into great detail about why that's a lie and that that there's just no way that Trump ever would have won the popular vote, regardless of how he, he campaigned. But, but the reality is that, you know, a very different Donald Trump emerged in that 60 minutes interview. A couple of things were a little more liberal than I would have liked, but not surprising because I view this guy as very much like Arnold Schwarzenegger, only less conservative philosophically than Arnold Schwarzenegger. But most importantly, his tone was fantastic. In fact, if he had kept that tone through the whole campaign, I would have been totally on board with some reservations, but I would have been like, okay, this is great. Now, of course, had he had that tone, especially during the Republican primaries, I don't think he would have won the nomination because he had to put on an act in order to win the nomination. And it is very clear that most of this was an act. I'm very capable of changing to anything I want to change to. That's probably the most important clip we play of Donald Trump, because we're going to see that in so many ways. I mean, and and if you watch the 60 Minutes interview with Leslie Stahl, I mean, wow. I'm very capable of changing to anything I want to change to. A completely different guy than we saw during most of the general election and all of the Republican primaries. A far more presidential, uh, far more reasoned tone, a guy who you could actually see potentially making decisions in a crisis, and who clearly is not the Hitler-esque character that the left has made him out to be. And by the way, I think the left is making a huge mistake, much like they'd made during the campaign itself, in trying to pretend that Donald Trump is a Hitler in the making. He's not. I think eh, there's many scenarios where he might make a real Hitler far more or us more, far more vulnerable to a real Hitler, maybe 10, 20 years from now, because when that real Hitler comes around, people are going to remember, well, they told us about the same thing about Donald Trump and he, and he was fine. He wasn't, he was a buffoon, but he wasn't Hitler. So this new Hitler guy that they're telling us is Hitler. Well, he, he's probably going to be no worse than that. So that worries me in the very long run, but liberals are going to be quite shocked when they find out that if anything, Donald Trump's not only not Hitler, he's not a conservative, he's not a racist. He might be a misogynist. The idea that he's anti-gay is is absurd. I've never seen any evidence of that. But he's not the caricature at all that the liberals are making him out to be. And that will help Trump because the expectations for him are going to be incredibly low. I mean, <laughs> if he gets through a speech without insulting anybody, that's presidential. And if he turns out not to be Hitler, then wow, boy, he really surprised his critics. So he's got that going for him. He doesn't have... A lot of things going for him, especially in comparison to everything that Obama had going for him after he won in 2008. But that might be enough to get him off to a good start. When we come back, the other interview that gave me some hope, and then we'll talk about the uh, transition and how that's going on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. My name is John Ziegler. This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network, heard on 24 different radio stations around this soon-to-be-great country again, thanks to Donald Trump. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And the other interview that I referenced that gave me some hope, although I'm not naive or unrealistic about this, but I, I realize we have no choice but to hope against all hope, that Donald Trump turns out to be a far better president than his past would indicate that he is likely to be. It wasn't just the 60 Minutes interview that I thought was of a tone that was far better and more presidential than I ever would have anticipated. And, you know, there is a theory, I think it's somewhat overblown, but there's a theory that something magical happens to a person once they become president of the United States. And, And maybe that will transform Donald Trump into something we've never seen before. But of course, you got to remember with Trump, I'm very capable of changing to anything I want to change to. And his tweets this week have certainly not given a lot of hope for that. I mean, he took credit for Ford not leaving Kentucky when no such thing was ever going to happen to begin with. And he had nothing to do with any jobs actually being saved there, but he took credit for that. He... He lied about popular vote if that's how elections were decided. He, I thought, took a very anti-free speech stance on the whole Mike Pence-Hamilton circumstance. Uh, He lied about his $25 million fraud lawsuit being settled, claiming that he did it just because, you know, he doesn't have enough time to fight it, doesn't have lawyers to do that kind of thing, and as if $25 million isn't an inherent guilty verdict on his behalf in the Trump University case. So all those things are the old Trump, the typical Trump that has not been magically transformed because of whatever happens to somebody once wants to become president. But the 60 Minutes interview, I I, I would like to at least hold on to, to as an indication that there's some hope. There was another interview that was aired on Fox News Channel by, of all people, Harvey Levin of TMZ, that's right. TMZ, Harvey Levin, who's, you know, not a particularly reputable guy in my view. TMZ gets a lot of things right. But I mean, this is a guy who would slash the throat of his mother, at least metaphorically, to get a story and is, is not a very high moral character. And somehow he got an interview with Donald Trump in his home at Trump at Trump Tower in New York City back in September in the middle of the campaign. And they aired it this weekend on Fox News Channel. And I was expecting this to just be nauseating to beyond any comprehension. I thought, oh, my gosh, Harvey Levin's going to kiss Donald Trump's butt all over the place. They're going to show off all these expensive things he owns in Trump Tower. And it's just going to be disgusting. But I thought, you know what, I'll give this a chance. And I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, Trump came off as having a very similar tone as he did in the 60 Minutes interview, was far more humble than uh, he normally is, seemed to be much more sincere and genuine. Now, he did say a few things that I don't think were accurate, but that's the nature of Donald Trump exaggerating or just flat out lying about his past, uh, especially when he thinks he can get away with it. And he, you know, I'm sure he didn't think that Harvey Levin was up on all the facts because Harvey Levin's an entertainment guy. Uh, it's also interesting, by the way, to, to note who Trump's media allies are now. We know about Fox News Channel. We know about the Drudge Report. We know about Breitbart.com. I mean, heck, the CEO of Breitbart is now his, his closest advisor, Steve Bannon, who, by the way, much like Trump, I don't think is a racist. I just think he's a jackass and a maniac. And a dangerous dude, but but not because he's a white nationalist or racist or whatever the hell this alt-right thing is. So once again, the media is going after Trump for all the wrong reasons. It's the right church, wrong pew. They should be going after him for Steve Bannon, but not because of racism. It's because he's a nut job and not qualified for his job and also creating all sorts of conflict of interest with Breitbart.com. Not to mention what it says about the coverage of the Republican primary. I mean, we're learning all sorts of things, and I'm, later I'm going to get to the Megyn Kelly book. We're learning all sorts of things that we had suspected, but we didn't know for sure were true, about how it was that Donald Trump won the Republican nomination in the first place. And it had a lot to do with not just complicity by major right-wing media outlets, but frankly, situations that should have been exposed at the time as scandalous were not. And we wouldn't be in this situation because he wouldn't have been the nominee, in my view. But I digress. The interview with Harvey Levin I thought was really interesting and, again, showed me that maybe there's a human being inside of there somewhere that Donald Trump could draw on to somehow be a better president than anybody, especially me, thought was possible. So, you know, I, I like to call him as I see him. I am extremely skeptical of Donald Trump, but when he deserves to be defended and he deserves to be praised, I'll be the first one to do it, whether it's on this radio show or in my column for Mediate, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Now, this transition, which is the most important transition by far of any presidency of my lifetime or that I'm even aware of, mainly because we decided to do something unusual this time. We find out Much like Obamacare, you had to pass it to find out what's in it. With this president, we had to elect him to find out what the hell he's going to do or who he's going to be and who he's going to surround himself with, even though he assured us many times, you know, he hires all the best people. There was no indication of that during his campaign. He had four different campaign managers. (laughs) So the reality is there was no evidence of that, but that's what he claims. Of course, a lot of times what Donald Trump claims about himself is actually the opposite of the truth. Remember, he has the best temperament of anybody, the very best temperament, and he hires the very best people. Well, I would suggest that the reality is 180 degrees opposite of that, but this transition, I'm willing to give him a chance, so who is he hiring? And, you know, so far, I don't think, other than the Bannon situation, which is either catastrophic if Bannon really is in charge of things, or he might just be window dressing to appeal to the base of voters who he's going to screw over now that they got him elected. I'm not sure which. I don't think anybody knows which it's going to be. But if you take away that, I mean, so far, I don't think there's been anything horrendous. Jeff Sessions, senator from Alabama, as the attorney general, I think that's fine. Mike Flynn, national security advisor, I'm a little more concerned about that. I mean, he clearly, philosophically, is somebody I would agree with. And apparently he had a great military career. But he has said some things, much like Donald Trump on Twitter, that are bizarre at best and it's insane at worst. I mean, here's our national security advisor. Two weeks ago, he was tweeting that it was impossible for the FBI to have gone through all of Hillary Clinton's emails in a week's time to be able to effectively exonerate her from the whole Anthony Weiner sexting uh, revelations that occurred, which caused the first FBI director, James Comey letter, which upended the entire campaign. But that's something that, that Flynn tweeted out saying that there's no way the FBI could do that. This is our new national security advisor doesn't realize that the FBI or, or even worse lied about whether or not the FBI has the ability to do such a thing, which obviously they do. And the fact that he was either unaware of that or didn't care what the facts were and he was just such a political hack that he decided to lie for what he perceived to be short-term political gain is is troubling. So I'm a little bit more skeptical about Flynn, but it's you know I'm okay with it. Philosophically he he's certainly uh, you could you would call him a conservative. And um, you know so that's more of a wait and see situation. Now some of these other names that are being floated, It's obvious to me that Donald Trump is playing a a reality television game here. I mean, almost everybody has been named as a possible secretary of state. I think at one point, Omarosa from the old apprentice days was probably considered. She's probably about fourth or fifth on the depth chart at this point. Maybe Don King is on that list too. I mean, Nikki Haley, governor of South Carolina, fine fine governor, fine woman, ardent Trump critic, no real foreign policy experience. It doesn't make any sense at all. She wasn't loyal to him. Philosophically, they don't seem to be aligned, whatever the hell Trump's philosophy is. So who the hell knows why Nikki Haley got named and all that? Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney. Again, a guy who could be a really good Secretary of State, but there's no possible way Mitt Romney could ever work as Secretary of State for Donald Trump, not only because he has no respect for the guy, but because he has no idea what Trump believes. And this is going to be a problem for almost anybody who takes a high-profile job that's not super close to Trump. You almost have to be super close to be able to have any chance of working with him because you don't know what you're supposed to do. You don't know what the guiding principles are because Trump doesn't know what the guiding principles are. Let me give you an analogy here. Listeners to this show know that my wife is pregnant with our second child. Now, you know, there are situations where I got to make decisions when my wife is at work and I can't contact her. And before she was pregnant, I was pretty confident. About what her philosophy was, <laughs> what, what she would want done, what she wouldn't want done, what food she would want purchased, or what it was okay for me to eat out of the refrigerator, for instance, and what would be a bad idea. But now that she's pregnant, she doesn't even know what her preferences are. And oh, by the way, because she's pregnant, the repercussions for getting it wrong are far worse than they used to be. So it's very Trump-esque. It's very similar where if you're working for Donald Trump and you now, like like with my pregnant wife, you no longer have any confidence to know what would she want me to do in this situation. And if I screw it up, what are the repercussions going to be? You can't do your job. And so there's no possible way that Mitt Romney could be an effective Secretary of State, nor is there any realistic chance Trump was ever going to give that position to him. It was a show. He was using Romney's love of country and patriotism, knowing that Romney wouldn't refuse to meet with him for a photo op and probably a, you know, Neil Bevor Zod type of moment just to rub it in. Hey, buddy, I was, I was the guy who won. You lost. I mean, it, I, I really think that there's a very good chance that that's really what happened here. And, and it's embarrassing if true. Kneel before zone. that's probably what that's probably as close to a transcript of the trump romney meeting as you're likely to get however much like everything trump does i think he he did something for short-term selfish satisfaction like a lot of times a narcissist does that's actually going to open him up for a long-term problem which i'll explain when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. My name is John Ziegler. This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com where you can check out each and every one of the columns that I write for Mediate, which is a media criticism website run by ABC News correspondent Dan Abrams. I wrote uh, four uh, new columns this week, I think are interesting and certainly relevant to some of the topics I've been discussing. So check that out if you get a chance at freespeechbroadcasting.com. I mentioned in the last segment that unless I'm totally wrong and Trump shocks the world by choosing Mitt Romney as his secretary of state, which nobody seems to believe is going to happen, but of course it's Donald Trump. So I'm trying to get out of the predicting Donald Trump business because it's obviously very precarious, but it would be, I would think, even a larger shock than his election itself if Trump chose Mitt Romney. And so assuming that that assumption is correct, which is a dangerous thing to do in general, but specifically with Donald Trump, assuming that this was all for show, it was a mistake. Now a lot of people are giving Trump credit for saying, oh, it was brilliant because after all, you know, he's showing that he's willing to talk to his enemies and be open-minded and magnanimous and you know, Romney didn't say anything bad about Trump, and it forced Romney to do a short, very short press event where he referenced Donald Trump as president-elect, and I'm sure it was very gratifying to Trump's ego and to his narcissism. But here's the problem. Yeah, in the short run, if he doesn't pick Romney, it was good for him, because there will be some conservatives that go, oh, okay, maybe this is a new guy. This is a different guy than what we saw in the campaign, this is more presidential. He's at least listening to Romney, who seems to be far more intelligent, far more sane. This is all good. Well, here's the bad side that Trump never seems to concern himself with because he's always obsessed with what's good for him on that day. Much like members of the news media. Members of the news media decide what's good for me on this day. What happens next week, next month, next year, they don't care about. So, Here's what Trump's going to have to pay, assuming I'm not totally wrong. By the way, even if he picks Romney, in fact, if he picks Romney, what I'm about to say is still true. In fact, it's even more true than if he doesn't. So the reality is there's going to be a downside for Trump no matter what. Because let's say that things don't go particularly well for Trump, or he decides to go in a very strong leftward liberal direction in his presidency before trump met with romney romney had basically no credibility outside of a small sliver of the republican base a sliver that might be microscopic based upon the results of the election because it was seen as well he's a sore loser and you know he's jealous or and whatever and trump had, had literally called him a loser Well, now he's a guy who got basically the same number of votes against a far, 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 far tougher opponent, Barack Obama as president of the United States, as Donald Trump did against a horrendous opponent, Hillary Clinton. And he's a guy who Trump has brought in to speak with. So basically he's washed the, the loser off of Mitt Romney. He's wiped the, the, uh, you know, whatever negative motivations Romney might have, and he's effectively reestablished his credibility as a potential Trump critic down the road. So if and when Romney decides to call bullcrap on something Trump does, guess what? Trump meeting with Romney has elevated Romney's credibility and media profile, if and when that happens. But this is the way Trump, this is the flaw in the way Trump thinks, which is part of why I've said many, many times he's uniquely unqualified to be president because he sees everything as what is good for him on that day. And we can just, we just got to hope that somehow through luck that what he perceives as being good for him on that day is good for the country and good for conservatism. Again, I've referenced this before. This is the Arnold Schwarzenegger way of looking at things. As soon as Arnold Schwarzenegger here in California decided it was no longer good for him to pretend to be a Republican, he stopped pretending to be a Republican. And the Republican Party has never recovered and probably never will recover here in the state of California because of it. So we, we basically have to hope somehow, some way that Trump is a success. And, you know, I'm going to be in one of those people hoping, but I'm going to be Surprised and very skeptical if it does. Other names that have been talked a lot about, boy, it is amazing how even though Trump obviously praises and, and values loyalty, who were the most high-profile people to come out first to support Donald Trump? Sarah Palin, Chris Christie, Newt Gingrich, Mike Huckabee, Ben Carson. These were the media stars that were all on board the Trump train first. Now, we don't really know what's going on with Chris Christie. There's been an enormous amount of media coverage this week that Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, has basically ousted Chris Christie because Christie put his dad, who was a very liberal Democrat, by the way, and basically a mob figure, in prison. Now, that seems too simplistic to me, and sounds like a media narrative that the media just loves, and so therefore, I'm inherently distrustful of it. But today, Trump, in a very high-profile fashion, met with Christie and made it clear that, you know, at least in some way, things were good between the two of them. Whether he'll actually work in the administration, I have no idea. But as of right now, there's a very good chance that none of those names that I just listed, Christie, Palin, Gingrich, Carson... Uh, Huckabee. None of them will actually be taking jobs in the administration, which I find to be very interesting. Some more thoughts on this and a whole lot more coming up in hour number three on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.